I love retail therapy, but perhaps not the bill. Life's a bee, and so am I. <laughs> okay, um, I think we know who won the little tag. <laughs> <laughs> happened oh my goodness listen i am so excited for this convo because i think my guest has a couple things to say and i am here to listen you guys it's andy's girls it's episode 430 something just be happy i remembered we're in the fours honest i keep saying like episode 219 and it like literally doesn't make sense in math, which is the place <laughs> my brain lives. Um, but I'm so excited for this return guest. You know him as the chief housewives correspondent at Entertainment Tonight. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Bryce Sander. Bryce, how are we? Oh, I am, you know, surviving the heat. We were just discussing before Ugh. we hit record that, you know, you're living in a humid soup of New York and I'm living in a desert of Los Angeles and I would prefer to be in the desert, but I don't like temperatures above 90 degrees in general. Yeah, I kind of feel like either way we're fucked. So it's yeah. like choose your own adventure and that adventure is leading <laughs> literally directly to hell. But um <laughs> It is deeply, I haven't, I'm like stuck inside when it, essentially when the temperature is like 80 or higher. So that's really every season, but the dead of winter because of some like <laughs> hell stuff, heat restrictions. And it's literally 9,000 degrees in NYC today. We're recording this on Friday. But here's my problem, Bray Sander, is even though the temperature today is miserable, the temperature temperature tomorrow is miserable, the temperature Sunday, Monday is miserable. Then I think we get into like the safe zone of 80s, maybe from there, real feel, probably 108. But here's my issue, Bray Sander, is that tomorrow is the Jill Zarin luxury lunch in Southampton, which I would love to attend, but I don't know if I want to die in Southampton. So therein lies the rub. Like, I don't know what to do. I am desperado to I go. I mean, let me pull up the press release for that and see who's attending, because you could die in front of some very great people. I no? know, and I've seen two copies of the press release, one that has every housewife, and then the other one also has every housewife. Yeah, so it's like I don't literally know all these, I don't know if all these people will attend, but these are the people who could watch you come to a natural end. Uh, Jill Zarin, of course. <laughs> Kristen Takeman, Ramona Singer, Luanda Lesseps, Sutton Strack, Margaret Josephs, Cynthia Bailey, Marisol Patton, Alexia Echevarria, Giselle Bryant, Leanne Locken, Caroline Brooks, all the way from Dubai, Kara Alloway, who is a real housewife of Toronto, uh, Phaedra Parks, of course, Ali Shapiro, a.k.a. Jill's daughter, Kristen Doty, Hannah Burner, Dina Lohan, Patty Stanger, Carl Radke, Tasha Adams. These are the names I recognize. So that's like a great crop I mean, to like have an impromptu funeral, truly. Yeah, I mean, starting with Dina Lohan, obviously the most important. She'll name provide on that the list. eulogy. <laughs> she will. She will. Um, 
Wow. Yeah, that's the the problem with it being in Southampton for New Yorkers, which does not include uh, Southampton, is that not only is it a schlep, but when you're dealing with like crazy weather, like I was looking at the Jitney, the bus schedule that goes from Manhattan to um, the Hamptons. And literally on the homepage, it's like, don't travel if you're sensitive. Like, Yeah, that's like a nightmare situation. Need not apply. Yeah, no. (laughs) So now I'm like, because the thing is, like, once you're there, you're there. So it's like, can I really travel six-ish hours over the course of the day round trip? And that's being honestly optimistic to go for, like, 40 minutes. Like, it's, it's outside. It's outside in the dead of heat with no protection. But it's Jill. So I imagine there are misters. There are, there's probably, like, some sort of outdoor air conditioning system i'm sure there is like ice baths you could dip your head into you know like she's gonna think of everything for everyone to stay comfortable because she wants people to be there (sighs) okay so here's my question for you if you were to attend the luxury lunch now you have interviewed essentially every housewife in and outside of the universe (laughs) people who are like mid-application people (laughs) who are in the housewives retirement community so noting the names on that list who to you garners the most interest and what would you ask them oh let me pull it up again yeah we've got og new yorkers i didn't see any new new yorkers on that list which i thought was interesting yeah i mean maybe the invites went out after though after the first episode (laughs) yeah though her review with bethany was not like they didn't seem to be fans really Mm. i will say this group, I don't really know if I have hard-hitting questions for anyone. Yeah. I would probably like Ramona's take on the new New York. I highly doubt she has tuned in to watch it. Um, I would ask Kristen Takeman about, you know, what was it like to return? Well, you didn't. Yes. You returned to Scary Island. You had never been there before. Though I'm unclear. Was it actually Scary Island or is it the Pirate House? Or is that the same location? Because they keep kind of just combining every trip the New York women ever took on an island has just become one memory for all of them, it seems. Mm. Uh, yeah. Those are, I, Phaedra Park's about married to medicine. Yes. And, and moving over there, Kristen Doty, give us some clarity on what's happening with this supposed spinoff of Vanderpump Rules. Yes. And, you know, I would really get into it with Dina Lohan. Lindsay just became a mom. I want to know everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? I forgot about that. Mazel tov to Linz. That's, I think, a lot of people want to see her have a, um, you know, happy kind of reset. A new beginning by Lohan. Yes. And today is 25 years of the parent trap. Wow. Oh, my God. Well... That would be potentially a topic of conversation with Patty. I mean, you referenced the Jill Bethany um, interview and their reviews of New York. What was your reaction to that? Was there anything surprising or was was it sort of reaffirming feelings? What did you think? To be fair and and uh, like honest I have only listened to in full the first part of their chat which yeah. was like the reunion part I've only seen clips of them bashing the new New York um I, it's like a little bit 
know, there's so there's probably so many feelings wrapped up in between like what they've experienced, how they feel about no longer being a part of the show. Um, it just it didn't seem like a fair review, like space for these women or like a giving them any grace of like the world has changed since you entered this show. The way these shows right. are made has changed since you started them. So like take that into account. But it is what it is. Yeah. And I think Andy has made a point on Watch What Happens of sort of reassuring the audience and really praising, for example, Candy's reaction, which is like both of these things can exist at the same time. And it's interesting because while that is absolutely true, you can watch old New York or maybe the new episodes of Girls Trip New York and watch new New York. I think the question that people are kind of trying to figure out or are struggling with is, could old New York exist now? Which is different from like creating space for both because the idea and the appreciation of creating space for both is that one of them is in essentially reruns and the other one is able to create new content. Right. I would say go back to like the last two seasons of New York we got. A lot of the apple juice had been squeezed out. These women, the show, mm. these women, their lives had come become so much of the show. Like their the show was their life. There was like no longer a window into a world. It was like we're just watching people be housewives now, which is like a mm. dangerous place to live. And not to say like that couldn't be course corrected or something couldn't have been done to like get that back on the tracks, but the show became just like these women are housewives being housewives on housewives instead of these women are a realtor, a CEO, a model, a publicist with like these rich lives to share with you and you're getting a window into it. And I think that's just a natural evolution of the longer somebody's on the show, the more money they're making on the show, the more that is their focus, the more that is their job in their head, the more that's just going to be their main source of income. But then you're just digging yourself into a hole of, well, what do I show on the show if my life is just the show? Do you think it's realistic that the network is genuinely looking into other franchises and thinking of doing a reboot? And if that's the case, what example would they be looking at? Miami, which kept some of the original cast, or New York, which was a total reset of both the cast and the universe? If I had to guess, I would say the n- approach to New York would be the way they would approach rebooting cities wow. in the future, unless it was like, I think Miami is such like a different case because it was off the air for so long. So coming back is different than like, okay, we're, we want to have another sh- season on in within a year's time. Um, and I don't know if any, anyone is really in danger. I know there's a lot of conversation around like Atlanta needs a reboot, but like the numbers for Atlanta are still pretty strong with the current cast. I do think something needs to be done there to like have them actually film group scenes and interact more and like have more of a like friend group shown. But I also think the next season of New Jersey is going to be interesting because like how are they going to film group scenes with both Melissa and Teresa? around which franchise are you more optimistic about moving forward atlanta or nj that's an impossible question by the way but here we go (laughs) presently like even last season i find 
New Jersey more entertaining in its current iteration. Like, stuff is happening. People are sharing real thoughts, feelings, emotions in their lives and really getting seemingly getting into arguments that have some weight. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, the arguments feel kind of performative or just, like, peacocking and trying to have queen bee status and i think candy's gotten to the place where she's like i don't want to be in this like fight for head housewife anymore so i'm just gonna remove myself collect my check and film the scenes that i need to film um but i i do think something needs to happen there where there some sort of shakeup and i think the thing is with like the new york reboot we've gotten to a point where bringing back former cast members maybe doesn't work anymore to re-energize a show. I think it's working on OC. Tamara being back has like fully gotten that train on the tracks. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think it's just, it's 15 years since these shows started. They've evolved in those 15 years. It's a different landscape for them now. And the expectations of what these shows are and what they will deliver and what the women will be like has also changed from 15 years ago. That's a great point. And I also think when it comes to like expectations around these women, the idea of evolution wasn't necessarily seen as a benefit. Like yeah. for a housewife to dig in their heels and not necessarily be open to listening was seen as sort of a job requirement at a certain point. It wasn't, you know, I got into this conversation on an episode I recorded about the likability factor and There are many ways of thinking about that, including as a gender construct used to like penalize women for having (laughs) a particular kind of voice. But there is also the idea of like sometimes going with the crowd, not necessarily maybe working in the short term for a housewife strategy of not being pummeled during filming, but not necessarily being um, a great strategy. when it comes to remaining in the cast and with New York it does feel like there is a different universe with a different personality requirement and that brings with it a lot of benefit um I think there could also be the reaction of like audiences saying at some point you know what is happening here but as of right now the idea of digging in your heels just doesn't feel as bad as it sort of (laughs) used to have to be which is kind of an interesting new energy yeah well I think it's also you know 15 years ago people really weren't aware social media was you know just starting people were not aware of conversations around feelings about shows unless it was like reviews and that sort of thing I think the like it's game it's been gamified the whole world where it's like they want to meet fan expectations and then people put so much weight into twitter comments or x comments whatever the elon is doing over there any anymore um (laughs) and there's it's like there's the whole other kind of universe of the fans thinking a certain way and wanting things a certain way or being loud about it in a certain way that doesn't always align with how the network feels or the people, the powers that be feel or the research, the powers that be that are doing off of uh, Elon Musk's internet. So I don't know. It's a complicated web and I, you're never going to be able to please everyone. You're never going to be able to keep all these people on television for the rest of their lives. So I think it's kind of from a fan perspective, I'm at the point of like, just be happy you're getting anything. 
They could take yeah. all these shows away from you any day. So tune in, be supportive, as supportive as you can be, and just enjoy it. Don't take it so seriously. Well, it is interesting to think of Bravo as like our parents, like our caregivers. <laughs> like, be nice. Otherwise, we're going to take this thing away from you that we desperately need you to continue right. talking about, including, by the way, negative reactions and critiques, which are a part of the universe. There is yes. the like bitchometer of how many yes. times can a person complain about something after a decision can be made, which is 100% valid, but also the idea of like, you know, a part of this stuff is you know, a little bit of a drag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all part of it. I think it's just like being respectful of all parts of it. I, I see so many comments that are so like black and white and like end of times dire. And I'm, it's just like, it's not that serious. It's a reality show of rich women and women pretending to be rich entertaining you. <laughs> there you go. Like, <laughs> le- just lean into the absurdity. They're all leaning into the absurdity on the other side of it. So just kind of meet them where they are. And it's interesting, the idea of um, meeting someone where they are, because there are so many different locations in which to meet. You have have the New York reboot. You have, if you want to stay in the Jill Bethany era, you can also, by the way, do many of these things at once. But it's like the Jill and Bethany era, not only of their relationship, but the worldview in which they criticize or deep dive new New York. You have Carlos King and Nini's deep dive, which I unpacked on Patreon, which is another way to kind of um, reflect on Nini's power and influence on the Atlanta franchise at a interesting time in which to talk about Atlanta where for some of us as content creators, it's like we're watching, but it doesn't necessarily feel like there's a lot to say. And then we're getting fed new content from someone who has had a lot to say, not only about the experience of filming New York, but about her role on like the Housewives Mount Rushmore. I mean, it's that we are in this generation where there is just a lot of access, but also a little bit of a need or um, a desire to adapt. Like the worldview of Housewives right now carries with it the hope of adaptation because I think that also leads to enjoyment. If we can find ways to enjoy housewives, you know, past, present, and future, then I think that sort of lends itself to the idea that this franchise and this universe doesn't need to go anywhere as in like disappearing any anytime soon as long as the housewives universe itself can also adapt yeah and i think that's what is sometimes missing from the outrage online is that nuance Mm -hmm. of oh i would like to continue watching these shows i'm gonna have to like the train's going this way i have to get on board or stop like get off and stop watching them so like calling for people to return all the time when the networks made a decision that they're no longer for whatever reasons right the right fit it's like you can be you can still be a fan of that person and tune into the show and figure out where your fandom lies within what exists on the show moving forward i do think in the atlanta nini conundrum and what nini kind of said in that interview is like it's missing a star while these are ensemble shows you there's always one kind of guiding light centerpiece for a group you know it's like 
I would say Kyle holds that position mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills. I would say like bringing Tamara back recentered the show toward like she's the conductor now. New Jersey, we've got the Teresa Melissa like power dynamic right. struggle that drives that bus. New York, I'd say in the, in the new version, Aaron is our like linchpin for that group. She's seems to be the nucleus for them. And then we move down to Miami. I'd argue like somewhere between Alexia, Marisol, Adriana, like the the true OGs are helping to keep this keep stuff happening on that show. Mm-hmm. But Atlanta, it's like, I don't know. Kenya shows up like seemingly against her will to most scenes. Like she's like, I don't want to be here, but I'm here. <laughs> Candy just doesn't show up as they've discussed. Sonya's showing up at everything, but like no one seems mm. to want to like engage with her. Drew's life is falling yeah. apart secretly slash not so secretly. Mar- Marlo's there, but like you need Marlo to be comic relief, but she's currently existing as like this weird villain hero thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not, something's not working. There's a chemistry mix that's missing that the other shows have figured out because they've had a central focus. And I think on Atlanta, they probably want it to be Candy. I don't think Candy wants that responsibility. <laughs> I mean, I don't think she has capacity for it. Candy's worldwide. Like she literally is. She's like trying to make this fit. And it was also interesting that whole conversation of she's like, I lost everything once. And when you regain it, it's you're in a whole yeah. different headspace of I'm going to be built like in a building mode forever. And that was interesting perspective because I am always like, why does she need to add more to her plate when she's already got so much? But that helped me get insight into, oh, that's how she's operating here. Totally. And I honestly really appreciated the nanny, the nanny. Oh, my God. I really appreciated <laughs> the Nini conversation. And obviously, part two, which hasn't come out yet, is going to be, I think, intense. But when she was talking about there not being a star in the show currently, what I really appreciated about that was that would have been an easy point for her to just like drag Kenya. And she didn't. She said Kenya is valuable to the show. And P.S. speaking of Kenya, like Kenya personally is in my top five. But I agree with her that Kenya is not the star of Housewives. She does not have that it factor even the kyle as the kyle is the conduit yeah kyle's like being the star is like "Mm, we're using star in like a fun kind of you know individual to the housewives kind of way because the joke i think with kyle who's also in my top five is like like she doesn't carry the crown but she is the connector and she is really important there's the the connector the conductor and then there's like the breakout and it's like It'll be interesting to see this next season of Beverly Hills. I think different people have different views on who kind of the breakout is. There's like a whole legion of fans who I, in this era, would probably be like, Garcelle is the person or Sutton's the person. I'd argue like in terms of impact on Housewives because she truly changed how everyone, all these women operate in the world. It's Erica, like in what she decided Mm. being on the show was and, you know, with the fashion and the hair and all that. Um, But yeah, there's not that person on Atlanta. I think Kenya is best when she has like an adversarial duo. When she was fighting with Nini, those were like very big seasons. Yeah. When she and Portia were against each other, those were very big seasons. So like in that, if she has 
what I think she would consider like a worthy opponent, then she can be the star and the lead. But individually, you know, she has a lot going on in her world too that I think takes her out of leaning all the way in of like, I got to protect my daughter dealing with this ex-husband who's seemingly trying to take all her money. Uh, and like there's, and there's those things that it's like, we get hints at that and touches upon it, but it would be nice to have like full scenes where she actually opened up to somebody about that. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 
10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash scrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash scrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. When we're looking at Orange County, Victoria Gumfelson made her return, which if you go by the last thing she said about participating in Housewives, she made very clear that she would not return if she was in a friend of role because she felt devalued and she, you know, as she often says and is often called, she's the OG of the OC. And I think she brings with that an expectation that she has a lifetime warranty that like regardless of whether or not something is breaking or not working she deserves to be there in a full part and now she's in the cast correct me if i'm wrong i don't think she's a friend of the season i think she's a cameo she's right? like essentially a guest so she filmed that lunch right then she's she pops up on their trip to mexico and then i think is at their finale party so we'll see her i think tamra said it's about five episodes worth of vicky because that would be like the episode we just saw, probably three vacation mm-hmm. episodes and then one more appearance. So what was your reaction to her return and how surprised were you, if at all, um, about her returning to the show in this capacity? I'm not surprised she returned. Um, I th- and I th- I'm sure there were conversations had of like, we want to keep you in the world. It's an ever evolving thing. There's probably a chance you could come back in some fuller capacity, but it's like you need to d- at least do this to keep you within the the current universe. Um, I think she loves the show. She loves being around everyone. I think she gets a kick out of filming as much as she'll like go on and complain about it and be like, I'm busy, gotta go to the insurance office. Like, (laughs) I think she, it's like truly a, you know, a passion for her. Uh, And I think Tamara coming back, she she doesn't want to miss out on anything. I think Vicky is like queen of FOMO. Like she, if she missed something, she will not let it die down. 
but also don't involve her if it includes someone else having too much fun. Like the lead up to Tamara's announcement that she was coming back, the fact that it could not include Vicky being in attendance for that announcement when they were both scheduled to be on Watch What Happens Live. It's like, I have fear of missing out, but the the important word there is like, I have fear of missing out. I don't yes. want you yes. to heal your own FOMO because if you do that without me there, <laughs> we're going to have an issue between us with our friendship. Yeah, that was a whole fascinating section of Andy's latest book, the like deep dive into... Okay, we we're bringing Tamra back. It's gonna it, we gotta navigate around Vicky. Essentially, <laughs> they weren't worried about anyone else being a problem. It was just Vicky. <laughs> and I think also for these women, maybe not necessarily specific to Vicky, especially because her role is more limited this season. But I think what we're seeing with my sweet queen, my princess, my my love, Shan, in the most recent episode is the realization of what I'm sure she was aware of the entire time, which is like, what does it mean when the Trace Amigas are back together? What does that do to the kind of friendship I'm trying to rebuild with Tamara when she's also rebuilding one with having power on the show, with having her relationship with production, with having a renewed (laughs) engagement to her reputation as the one who is always going to make sure that drama comes along. I mean, that last scene in Shannon's walk-off is... It's t- it's counterproductive because if you it's the Barbara Streisand effect. If you're calling attention to something you don't want to call attention to, guess what's going to be a huge part of the fucking plot. But I think it's also a little it's an obstacle for Shan. And it's like I understand the mixed feelings, but it's like if something is ever even hinted at on camera, just lean like lean in, get it all out there. Word vomit it all out. Like, control your own narrative. Um, I'm fascinated to see where that goes, what we learn, what comes out about the John Jansen stuff. Because it's like, what was so bad that your relationship would immediately come to an end? And, like, seeing how Heather then is going to navigate all this as they're pinning it on her. (laughs) But, I don't know, it's very strange. And I think on Watch It Happens Live... Andy said that it will ha- Shannon pulls that move at least two more times before the end of the season. Yeah, with, you know, getting her passport renewed at Video Village when she's like walking straight <laughs> over to producers and being like, enough of this. And of course, of course, that's going to be included in this specific kind of plot. And, you know, the Tamra, I'm very, very behind on Watch What Happens, but the Tamra Emily episode I thought was so good and so entertaining. And they obviously seem to be getting along really well, which I also really enjoy. Yes. Um, but Emily said some shit about John Jansen that I was like, she's not wrong about the fact that she felt that John was looking to exert a specific kind of control over what he would quote unquote, and this is also probably a paraphrase, (laughs) allow Shannon to talk about when it comes to John and that that was to Emily a really big red flag. And it's like, of course it is. And how do you also try to figure that out when you have a partner and maybe your relationship isn't going terribly well and they want to have a voice over 
you know, how they are viewed on TV and they exert that as of the responsibility of their partner, who's not an editor, who's not a producer, who's not every other member of the cast. Is it unfair? Um, but also, is it a way, is there a way to look at that as trying to experience some normalcy in an incredibly abnormal situation? I think it's also really tough for, it's one thing to sign up for this show with a partner and be like, go in together with an idea of what it's going to be. It's a whole other thing to be on the show and someone come into your life and then you have to figure out how they then fit into it, which is what, you know, it's like David was up like mm-hmm. version one, John is version two, and John's always been a little standoffish to the show. And I think just over time had to get convinced by production, like, you are part of Shannon's life. These shows are about people's lives. You have to be on in some way. But yeah, I'm like, what is it that he doesn't want aired? What is so bad that can't be public fodder, essentially? And if it's that bad, why are you, why is it happening in the first place? <laughs> and should that maybe you should, as they seemingly have, exit this relationship. Except they're now hanging out together again. And of course, page six had a piece up about the fact that Shannon was a not-so-quiet woman potentially this week and may or may not have been asked to choose another establishment to be inside because of some sort of maybe screaming match with John, maybe with John's kids, maybe with a group of them. And, you know, then, of course, sources, a.k.a. Shannon's team, was like, no, she she wasn't escorted out by security. Those pictures are just showing her looking for an Uber. (laughs) It's like, okay, like... Ador- that's literally adorable but um exactly to your point it's when it comes to like I don't want you to discuss this thing the this thing is really important not only as uh, for us as investigators shall we say <laughs> as we're watching these episodes but also because what the fuck is actually going on and is this guy more interested in you not maybe sharing the truth of your relationship and if that's the case what is he actually doing to change it is it just about optics and not about behavior because if that's the case that's so much worse to me yes i will say it was masterful to watch tamra present it present the information in a way that was like i'm not gonna say the thing but just know that we're all talking about the thing I was like, this is a masterclass in like manipulative, like convincing to, to, to talk about something. <laughs> also, on the episode, Tamara said that she was told, but then on Watch What Happens, Tamara said she had no idea. So which Tamara-ism are we supposed to believe? And also... As someone who has close contact with any number of housewives, do you have an inkling of whatever the fuck it is that Shannon doesn't want her castmates to discuss? I have no clue about that. Um, but I I would imagine, I would believe the Tamara that f- who filmed the season, like what she said on within the confines of the show, and not Tamara removed nine months later on Watch It Happens Live trying to recall events from nine months ago. Yeah, and while I don't put it past her to, like, Cheshire Cat her way into creating a moment, it, to me, does not make any sense if the only thing she knew was that Heather had said something that Shannon had told her 
but Tamara had literally no idea of what that was, nor potentially how Shannon would react, except she did know how Shannon would react, but she allegedly doesn't know why Shannon would be reacting a certain way because she doesn't know what's being discussed. But if she doesn't know what's being discussed, she still has the ability to say that Heather didn't have good intention and was just gossiping. Like it doesn't, the dots don't connect. It, it literally doesn't connect, which is sort of a part of the fun when it comes to Tamara is yes. figuring out which way she's going to try to connect them at the reunion. I'm very interested to get Heather's point of view on this because I would imagine her stance is going to be, we are supposed to be in a friendship group. When things are unfolding with your friends, you sometimes talk about it without the friend present to like get on the same page and figure out how to help this friend navigate their situation. Like I'm sure that's, it's not even a spin. I think that's just like an actual way into these sort of conversations. But if I think the women won't take kindly to that explanation. And also, didn't we do this before? Hasn't this already happened with Shannon and David where there was a question of Heather maybe gossiping about him maybe having an affair yes. or something else? And then in Heather's words, she was like, actually, what happened was this was a way for us to discuss a situation that was not bueno and to say that there's a lot more that's going on than what is potentially a topic of like, on-camera conversation that Correct. actually what I was doing was trying to protect you in a way when I knew a lot more. So with this, it's like we're really going off of Emily as the translator of saying, here's what Heather told me, wink, wink, and here's why I think she said it versus yeah. Heather herself having the opportunity to be like, no, actually, here's what happened. Right. Yeah, it'll be, it is very deja vu to that stuff. And it's... To me, it's the like us versus Heather mentality of this season that I don't know if it was like contrived and pre-planned or if it's just how things shook out with the season. It doesn't seem to be sitting well with the viewers. They're like, this is the one thing we don't like is that you're all turning on Heather, who has been this way since she joined the show. Like she's always had like, you know, not I don't even know if superiority complex is right, but like. She's always carried herself in a way that has rubbed you all the wrong way. You just got to accept her for, for who she is and the way she operates because she always is quick with an apology when she is called out for something that she feel that they feel was like a wrongdoing. She's always like, I'm, I'm sorry. I think she even said, I will, I will say I'm sorry until I'm dead in her confessional this week. And that'll be also interesting to see them all unpack at reunion. Do you think there's a way for Heather to stay in the show or do you think she might feel too isolated or maybe exhausted to want to continue this? Um, I think she's going to see how she feels after that reunion. I think there's totally a space for her to continue. I asked everyone that I've interviewed so far, like, because there were kind of rumblings as the season was starting and with Heather buying first the condo in LA and now the house in LA of like, it seems like she's trying to abort mission like get out of orange mm. county um but everyone's like no i think we need fancy pants she's like good for the show <laughs> there's a space for her like so it's just it's not these are the strange social dynamics of housewives like they will rip each other to shreds and then be like oh but we need them we like them we want them around yeah and you know it's interesting to think of the future of heather because I think arguably, or at least in my 
humble opinion, last season was not necessarily a great one for us when it came to seeing the amount of control that Heather seemed to have in driving storyline or in sort of like shadowing or in removing moments that she didn't want necessarily to be discussed. And this season is the exact opposite of that. But the connective line here, the thread is like, let's keep Heather on the show, please. Like I last season was maybe too much to her benefit. This is the opposite of that. But let's please keep her on the show. I think her energy is really interesting. And also Lord knows the power dynamic on OC is literally, it's literally like blowing in the wind at a certain point. It can really (laughs) go anywhere at any time. So if she can just kind of hang in here right now, noting, as you said, that a lot of people in the audience are like, this isn't entirely connecting for us. Um, it, she might end up coming out of this in a better spot next season. And I think from like a network stability place with all the turmoil and change that's happened on OC, it would be good to keep the same cast for at least two years in a row. Also, this cast is so good. Yeah. Jen, it's like, I would love to know like the notes on why Jen did, wasn't a fit when Bronwyn was a fit. Because mm. they <laughs> tested for that same season in that same spot and... Like, those are the sort of things that I'm always curious about of, and maybe it's because like, yeah, maybe Jen wouldn't have mixed in with the chemistry that was that era. Uh, (laughs) But she's kind of, she fits the mold of OC Housewife. She does. And also, you know, the thing that Tamara was talking about on Watch What Happens, there were, it was too specific for me to ignore it. When it comes to like Tamara saying, you're lying to Jen on camera, my initial instinct was like, okay, but if she's trying to protect her relationship, why do you have to call that out if you are still attempting to say that you're, friend, you're her friend? If you're not, then like more power to you. But if you are still trying to say that this is someone who's not being a good friend to you, then how about we consider the reverse, which is like, are you being a good friend to her? Then Tamara goes and watch what happens live or the after show. I forget what it was and says something along the lines of like, yeah, Jen and I were deep into discussion when she was auditioning to be on this show. And she felt that she would not be cast if she broke up with Ryan and their relationship wasn't going well. So she stayed in this dynamic so that she could secure her orange And now I'm really annoyed because it feels like there's a fight that Jen is having to protect and defend Ryan. And obviously she feels representative of that. Like my character is being attached to the decision I'm making of who I want to be partnered with. But the dynamic of casting is really interesting to me because like with that, Tamara's being extremely specific in talking about the ways that a person might hold on to or try to perform their personal life to get cast on this show that's entirely about their personal life and also personal becoming professional. So like, I was like, oh shit, I get that from Tamara's perspective. I get that if you felt you were genuinely friends with this person trying to help them get cast and they felt that they needed to continue to date this guy because they wanted to stay on the cast what happens when you're finally a part of it yeah and 
one that's like a very like bleak and dark way to to secure your job but that then leans into what gina told me of her read on jen is like jen doesn't know who she is like she's been somebody to someone else for so long from kids and fostering kids adopting her son to her family her now ex-husband to now ryan that like Gina was like, I don't even know if I have a full read on her situation because we were only getting stuff kind of piecemeal of what she was willing to share and not all of the stories made sense. So that's also a whole thing of like a housewife who doesn't know who she is existing in Housewives is going to have a hard time comp- like facing any adversary because if they can call you on one lie, then they can call you a liar and then everything can become a lie. Yeah, and also, if you don't know who you are, Tamara's going to decide who, who you, you are, are for you. For you <laughs> and it's probably not going to work out in your benefit. And Tamara's very good at deciding and defining other people and also herself, regardless of what we've seen on TV. And it's like, if that is maybe her existence, Jen's existence, IRL, and she's nervous about how the show is going to, whether the show will value her if she's literally enough of a storyline without having this person in her life, she might not have been wrong to think that. I mean, there are very few housewives, Jenna Lyons included, who do not have to share specifics for understandable reasons. I mean, Jenna is, of course, a very specific um, circumstance and someone who was a part of pop culture prior to joining Housewives. From from Jen's perspective, she's like, you guys don't know me and I'm just joining this and I'm trying to establish. And if I'm not showing that I have something going on in my romantic life, I don't know that I'm going to be enough. And how much of being on Housewives reinforces that kind of concern it's like it can really fuck with you like when you think about your life as a storyline and you're already trying to figure out who you are and housewives are going to do their level best to define you like how do you kind of deal with that it's problem inside of problem inside of problem yeah and not the kind of problem that like will keep you on the show for a very long time so I hope because she does check so many boxes I hope she figures it out and figures and like uh, your first season it's trial by fire like now that she kind of knows the game she'll probably come back and play it differently but it's tough and then like the whole launching dick pic merch immediately what have you not seen this she and ryan have like t-shirts and hats that say like hashtag dick pic on them which it's like i'm all for you know capitalize on your moment with capitalism but it's it was so strange because it's like this isn't that big of a thing and it's not so unique that this should be a product i am without words and also you have to go watch the watch happens live she was on because ryan's in the audience says andy i have a present for you and he holds up the hat and andy goes oh okay like he has no he's like (laughs) he's like this is not a not the move also, um, maybe sending a dick pic to somebody who's not your significant other without that person's consent 
shouldn't be the thing you're trying to monetize. Like you should genuinely be embarrassed about that. I don't, it's not even the question of, did he intend to send that to her? It's the fact that this person got a picture of his dick that he maybe intended for it to go to her or maybe didn't, but she certainly wasn't asking for it. She didn't say, send me a picture of your penis, and please. And seemingly she wasn't... it was the thing that made her go, I no longer want to be associated with this person who I have been friends with. From what she said at the pool party. That is so gross. You are just, I did not know that. And also that to me is like, Jen, you're leaning in in the absolute wrong way. That should not be the thing. If you want to do a one-off joke of Ryan joking on the phone with you while you're getting ready of like, oh, I'm ready to send a whatever. I mean, that's up to you guys. But to try to make money off of this is, it's like we need a new word for crass because it's just, it's like, that's not the thing that that shouldn't if you want that to be how you're remembered your first season, then we need to figure out some like memento style way to get you to forget. Because like that's not I, I don't want Ryan sending a dick pic to someone that isn't you to be your to housewife be legacy. <laughs> Right. Like, and in the house, I mean, when we think of like BravoCon and like the Bravo Bazaar, do we really want Jen Pedranti to be there selling dick merch? No, it's like, like let's get that... some, let's really capitalize on something and do like Debbie Rebel yoga things. Like, that's your brand. That's yeah. what you should be promoting. I mean, if I'm thinking of Ryan's dick and Jen's passion, I'm thinking namaste, go away. Like, I don't want, <laughs> I'm still trying to struggle with, is he actually a dick? And signs point to yes. And if this is a person who's co-signing, selling merch about this moment that has many of us kind of grossed out, Lord help us. I don't know. I, I think Tamara's coming a little ahead. It's not, that's not what I want. I don't want that. I also think it's, sorry, I just put my dog on my lap and it, he got tangled in oh, my. Love. Oh my God, we love a friend of. We love a furry friend of. My headphones. I do think what Tamara and like Eddie will have to answer for at reunion is if you were so uncomfortable with Ryan, why were you willing to film scenes with him? Because that's kind of how the narrative has shifted is they're like, oh, yeah, he kind of skeeves us out and we heard these weird things about him and he says these weird things about us. Um, but they filmed that whole like bowling date. Yeah, but Brooks was on the show for how many seasons? I don't take that as like a I, I hear what you're saying, but I also think there are any number of shitty partners. I guess instead of answer to it, it's like maybe something Jen will try to turn into something. Yeah, best of luck to her. I hope she's not wearing her like tea tank that's. A picture of a dick like I, I just don't I, I don't I, I get it like I get the you know how is it that when you're making a when Tamara's making a joke of like maybe a, a flippant joke a genuine flippant joke about like maybe fucking Ryan or whatever like that's seen as an obvious joke when Ryan makes one about Tamara that's seen as um, a literal sort of plan of action on his behalf like I get the inconsistency and hypocrisy but I do think you also lose it when you start to sell dick merchandise like I do think like Jen like we're here for you and I you're still great casting nobody's taking that away from you but like maybe lean in less to Ryan's motivations because um 
we're not really going to need him here much longer. He did his job. He is a mess. And he got you interesting storyline and conflict that's impacting your relationships on and off camera. Like, maybe that's enough now. We want to think of him in other ways versus his, like, literal genitalia. Yeah. And why are we using Snapchat? I didn't even know that was a th- I mean like I don't use TikTok so like I am I'm so many generations behind. I am a vid- village elder who also <laughs> happens to be spiritually mid 20s plus but like I-, I don't even I don't understand Snapchat. I don't understand the fact that he only had a couple contacts in his phone. I don't understand whether Heather Amin was the person he was hooking up with as Tamara was sort of intimating but not explicitly saying, I don't think. But then she was saying um, that they didn't. That episode. They haven't gone there, so yeah, very. It's a it's a tangled web. There's more episodes to, to watch it unfold. I think again, reunion will be fascinating, as I'm sure Tamara will come out with a t-shirt gun full of napkins to launch at Jen Pedranti's <laughs> face. Okay, that I would be extremely into. Tamara, if you're listening, I mean, fellow podcaster here in the Bravo community, if you (laughs) could get a t-shirt, the t-shirt gun thing that, you know, Adele uses at her concerts and just load that up with some cloth napkins and use that during the Orange County panel, we, I would be forever grateful. (laughs) I want, I want Tamara to just figure out a way to quickly manufacture a ton of cloth napkins maybe with her orange on it and or the that's my opinion you know scream yes oh my god Tamra, come on let's let's talk merch town and let's talk <laughs> napkin honestly napkins is a untapped a market i don't know any it's an untapped market i would rather tap into napkins than ryan's dick so like <laughs> We're already a couple feet ahead with, we're already a couple of steps ahead with that. Um, listen, Bryce Sander, you know I could talk to you forever. Thank you so much for coming back on uh, AG Classic. And I always really appreciate your voice. I love following you on social. I love seeing your interviews with the Housewives. I also think your energy is very needed in the Bravo universe, just kind of like a steadying force, someone <laughs> with an opinion, but an ability to communicate it in a way that doesn't get all of us very upset. So, um, I'm so appreciative of you coming back. Can you tell the EGs where they can watch your interviews, follow you on social, all that and more? Yeah, just I'm at Bryce Sander everywhere and I link everything. I'm just a self-promotion machine when I've got something for you to watch. I put it out in the universe. Um, They are more than just the clips I post to Instagram and TikTok. They are often, you know... 10 to 20 minute long conversation. So please watch beyond the, I know TikTok has rotted all our brains and our attention spans are (laughs) 60 seconds or less these days. But if you've made it to the end of this podcast, then you have proven that you have a longer attention span and can watch and read a full interview and article. So I appreciate that if you would do it. Um, and also, speaking of reading, shout out to Tamara Judge, who said she read a book for the first time in 15 years. The Daddy Diaries. We love that. We love that for her. We love that journey for her. Um, Speaking of self-promoting, I mean, follow me on Instagram and threads at Dame Galley. Bunch of new episodes up on the AG Patreon, including episodes that deep dive all things Bethany Jill, Carlos, Nini, and so much more at patreon.com slash Girls. Bryce Sander, thanks so much for coming back. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.